Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly. I am your host, as ever, Louis McCaffrey, and tonight I'm joined by possibly one of the best panels we've had in, in quite some time, I'll be honest. Uh, last week was great, don't get me wrong, but this week I'm joined by a uh, big Cubs fan, uh, Christopher Somani. Chicago Bears. Oh, shit, has it cut off? <laughs> off to a bad start. It's, I thought it was C for Cubs. Turns out it's C for Chicago. Who gives a shit? C for Chris. It's a, um, Chris, uh, I, can't, I can't say I've got much affinity to the team. Uh, it just helps me remember what my name is and uh, hides my post-COVID. Well, no, no, I've not even had a COVID cut. It just hides my expanding hair. So happy to be you, on hold as usual. How, do you get your name written in your in your hoodies and all that as well? Yes, Castor make all my clothing and helpfully provide a wee name, a wee name tag for me. <laughs> That's um, we're also joined by uh, the Biscuit Tin Zone, um, Martin Fiel. How are you doing, Louie? I am ready to go. I've got my El Hamid top on. I've got my Italian beer. I've got my Linwood CSE badges. I'm, I'm prepped. You're covering all bases. It's good I've to got, see. Got it all sorted. And uh, the most handsome, the most handsome of cynics. Uh, a man I love. A man that if I was going to have a house party during lockdown, he'd be number one on my list. It's Thanks for having me, guys. Um, I was delighted to hear that, really, albeit delayed. Um, but, yep, ready to go. Uh, glad to be with the big boys tonight. Absolutely. Um, listen, we've not had, obviously, any uh, Celtic games this past weekend because we've been on it's international duty. What was the point? I don't know. You know, big, massive waste of time. Um, pretty stupid sending all these players travelling all through the world or Europe or whatever. Um, but here, there we go. Maybe, you know, maybe it came at a good time for us. Obviously, we've got quite a few uh, players playing for their international sides. Um, I think Clamala is even playing tonight. Anybody that you've seen playing for the national team that has stood out to you? Anybody? Christopher, I know you wanted to start on a very kind of negative point, so do you want to go for it? But you, do you mean like Celtic players that have impressed or... Well, those, it's predominantly a Celtic podcast, this, so I thought we could maybe talk about the players that play for us and also internationals. I not explicitly say that way. However, I'll bail you out in your lack of professionalism. And I'm going to move right into praising probably Europe's most promising centre-half, Christopher Ayer. Um, <laughs> you snake. Him and El Yanoussi, uh, it was an absolute doddle uh, against um, the Northern Irish... Um, Team, uh, was it five one? It finished. So El yeah. to get the first goal, and if you have not seen that yet, see it. It was absolutely phenomenal. Ball over the top, controlled it, knocked it past the keeper, um, and that kind of just set things off. Um, don't want to let Christian get too big ahead, but they're kind of you can tell the Norwegians are starting to build a bit of a team there. Front two look really good, Haaland and Sorloth. Um combined with you know the imperious Christopher Ayer, they could. It could be a team to watch. You're, uh, you're poking this bear. I see what you're doing. Uh, Martin, Ma- Martin, anybody stood out for you? Any games that you've put yourself through? I put myself through both Scotland games, so um, less said the better. Uh, I mean, it's good that Christie's getting on the score sheet, uh, but uh, to be honest, it's difficult to find pass marks for, for many folk in the pitch when Scotland's concerned at the moment. Harry? Um, 
Only saw the highlights, but it was good to see Klamala uh, getting a goal. I think that will do his confidence the world a good after. Although I thought he played kind of well, uh, really well against Motherwell. Well, not really well, but kind of well. Um, and that chance where he was one-on-one, um, I think we were all willing him to score, but it never happened for him. But the fact that he's gone away with his under-21s and scored, um, I hope he'll come back to to go. I think the kind of main thing, well, certainly the main thing for me, I've never been a big international football fan, to be honest with you. Um, and I think the main thing right now is just that all the players come back fit. And thankfully, we've not heard, I've certainly not heard of any players picking up injuries. I think quite a few players have had 90 minutes. I think the Dyer and El Unice get 90 minutes. And then I think El Hamid and Beaton both played 90 minutes as well. So, you know, that's probably good for, for quite a few of them. Keeps them ticking over, um, I suppose. Uh, but, you know, coming back and having a full-strength squad for the, the game of the weekend against Ross County um, is, of course, what we're all wanting. But we'll, we'll touch on that game uh, in a second because the games are coming up uh, kind of thick and fast once we come back. Um, we're playing on Saturday, then again next Wednesday in the in the league. Um, a wee bit of transfer news. Um, well, we should start with Shane Duffy because obviously Shane Duffy was unveiled today at Celtic Park. He's he's here, he's in Glasgow. Um, he looks tremendous. He's everybody's favourite Republican centre half. Um, thoughts, Martin and Barry? We've you know, me and Samani have spoken about it on um, Alas, and we've spoken about it on the Cynic Weekly as well. Um, talking about positions and, and talking about centre half and Shane Duffy what he could bring and things I use, I use how do you feel about him not just as obviously the, the kind of the guy that he is coming and, and what he can bring but in terms of how he's going to play at centre half where does he fit in is he a sign that excites you well I'm excited and it's it's a, it's a Celtic fan that we've brought in who cares very deeply about the club and will care a lot about 10 in a row and I think that's good to have in the dressing room and he's got a skill set that I think we are really lacking at the back in terms of aggression and dealing with um, difficult forwards but I think this is probably one of the most like anticipated signings I can remember in a long long time so there's a lot of pressure on the guy um, so I'm I'm kind of nervous for him actually. I, I really hope that we've not built him up to be like the ultimate centre half. Um, he's definitely got some deficiencies, which I, I think he'll get away with a lot of the time in the Scottish game. But um, yeah, I think he's got a, a steep learning curve when it comes to maybe European football. I don't know, Barry, what you were thinking. Uh, first and foremost, just delighted that we've got him. Um, he's I know he never played as much as he liked last season, but. I think he's kind of at his peak of his powers. Um, as you said, Martin, he knows what it's all about. Um, and I think if we're going to a back three, you play him slap bang in the middle of the back three. Um, and then you let Ayer be still here and Julian do all his running for him. Um, I think days are, are sort of getting bullied at the back. Should be over with um, with Duffy coming in. Um, and yeah, just like you said, it's sort of... One of the most anticipated signings ever, I think. It's always kind of cliche to say, but when a player of big stature like that, with his background comes, it just kind of raises everyone, I think. Um, I think we're maybe a sucker for that, but who cares? I love it. Yeah, I think, listen, I think having a big 
robust centre half who's who's Irish is exactly what we need for for right now. We need, um, you know, I, I think you need leaders. You need people, especially if you you know, we, we spoke a lot about Scott Brown and, and whether Scott Brown should be in the team. And I think the general consensus now, maybe for one of the first times, is that um, Scott Brown's time is maybe kind of done in, in terms of uh, in terms of starting games. So you're going to need a leader, and I think Shane Duffy would be a leader. You know, we we maybe miss that quality a wee bit. Um, Christopher Gallagher, I know um, he's he's also a, a member of the Cynic. Um, he, I remember him being in the WhatsApp group. Um, when he was first linked, saying how amazing he would be, he would instantly be the best centre half in the league. Um, and he's changed his tune recently because he's obviously, you know, I don't know, trying to be hip. You know, you know, gals like he doesn't like to be the same as everybody else. So he's now saying how shit he is and saying that he's Richard Dunmark too, which is a bit embarrassing. But um, yeah, I think big centre half, big robust, strong centre half is um, is probably what we need. And you know, it, it would probably marry up with the softness of Christopher Ayer and uh, the handsomeness of uh, Julian, who I saw at the weekend. Great walk, by the way. Great walk. Great hoodie. He just hood up trying to be all casual, but I spotted him. I think you've summed it up. You know, Duffy's, you know, aggressiveness really will complement the softness of Ayer and the handsomeness of Christopher Julian. You might wonder why you've not got into some of these analytical pods on the on the cynic way, because you, you just nail it when you, when you say stuff like that. I get brought in one time, and it was just me. And, uh, it was me and Christian sitting in Gal's spare bedroom, and it, I don't think I'll get that opportunity again because Christian kind of hates me right now. But yeah, that was the one and only time I, I'm doing that. Um, just just before we move on on Duffy, I mean, um, there's some folk, some cynics, some doubters pointing to the fact that he probably hadn't didn't have the two best games for Ireland who themselves seem to be giving Scotland a run for their money in terms of their uh, uh, their performance. He's but, just signed for a Celtic someone he's thinking about us. He's not thinking about that. Well I I think that's what I was going to say. I was obviously going to come in there and give the reason for that. It's just ring rust. It's going to be fully up to speed and you're going to see the best of Shane Duffy in a Celtic shirt. So similar to, similar to Barry. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, as a signing, it's somebody that has galvanised the club. I just hope we're not bigging him up too much um, because, as Martin says, he has got some deficiencies. But definitely, man, a real, a kind of a real boost of positivity around the club uh, getting him in. So, bring it on. I've just got one last wee thing to add, and it's he is excellent in the box when it comes to corners and we've got a great opportunity to you know get more goals from set pieces but that will only happen if we find somebody that can take a corner and a and a free kick so i really hope over the kind of last kind of week or so people have been working on that really really hard because it'll be a total waste if we continue with the crappy corners we've been taking of late I think just sorry, just lastly for me, I think it'll be interesting to hear or sorry, interesting to see what his qualities like in our league. Like you've seen so many players come up from England and, and struggle and not do so well, probably more often from the other side of Glasgow and, and they shout about it and they think they're you know, they're gonna come up and just blow blow people away. And it and it doesn't it very rarely happens that way. Now Shane Duffy is in the prime of his career. 
So you would expect it from playing, which we can't, you know, I personally don't like English football, but you can't deny that it's far, a far superior quality league than what we've got, obviously. So he should be coming up here to a lesser standard and hopefully shining. Hopefully he stands out right away. Um, and of course, we'll, we'll hopefully have kind of some diddy games in Europe that he can play in as well. But ju- just on, you know, this, this is the casual, right? But what, this is a wee bit different this week because we've got we've got Martin and Barry on. They're experts. We don't need, I don't need whatever the structure or anything like that. And we've got no games, so we're just chilling it. What do you think about three five two? There's been a lot of debate about changing to this. Do you think does Duffy show that that's what we're going for? We're, I was going to bring up the the um, the transfer links that we've had this week. The boy uh, Alfie Doherty from um, Chelton or uh, the boy Backer from PSG, both left backs. I think. The Alfie boys are a wee bit more attacking, kind of clearly plays the kind of wing back role. Does that that coupled with Duffy? Does that really show that we're going to three five two? And is that something that we would all like to see? I think so. I think um, I think it's kind of been building to this, um, and I've kind of I've kind of flip flop because after the Hamilton game, I was saying that because of the sort of interplay with Frimpong and Forrest and. Taylor, who actually played well in that game in El Unusi, I thought would maybe phase out three five two. But I think with the way uh, Ayeti's coming in, it's a sort of mouthwater and prospect to the him and Eddie up front together. And I think the signing of Duffy and as you say, Louis uh, Doherty and uh, Backer, it all seems that all things are geared towards um, playing that formation. Was a wee bit surprised that we kind of almost looked as if we'd abandoned it. Um, during pre-season and the first few games of the season but I think it's just it's a way to be we think how bad the Kilmarnock game was it's a way to kind of get more guys in the box um, and just be more sort of direct and more attacking so I think yeah I think I'm all for it and uh, I think we're a couple of signings away from being looking really strong I'm of the view that I don't like Celtic having just one Formation. I, I think our downfall in the past is we've be, we've had the same formation and teams figure us out after a while and we don't have a plan B. So I I like having three five two in the locker, but I wouldn't be having that as my sole formation. I think we should have variations of play either to through different games or actually being able to change it up during games as well to adapt to our opponents. So I, I think we're doing that and. I'm pretty pleased that we've we've got you know multiple ways of playing, but I, I wouldn't just stick on three five two now. I think we need to continue to adapt and keep the opposition guessing. I think we will change our system specifically because a three five two is going to rule out guys like El Yunusian Forest unless he tries to wedge them in into positions that they're not comfortable in. So the idea that he signed um, El Yunusian again for a season in Forest, who's been such an important player for us, the idea that we're just simply going to switch to three five two. And these guys are then not going to be able to fit into that. Just, I don't think that will work. I think, I think you're right. I think I'd like us to have more than one formation, and I think we will going forward. However, based on last season and based on having two players up front, I'd like that to be our go-to formation, if you will. Um, 
and then obviously been able to adapt to the opposition going round that. I think in some of the bigger games, I think you'll find three five twos what we go for. Certainly think we'll play against them with the extra man in midfield because we've came unstuck there in the past. Um but yeah, being able to mix it up is dead important and I think we've got the personnel to play them more than one system. But I think it's clear the fact that so far, Touchwood, Eddie's still here and we've signed a player of a Yeti's calibre that they're going to play together and bringing Duffy in probably signals the fact that, you know, we'd look to play three centre-halves. So it's about options, it's about, it's about mixing it up. So we'll see what happens. Obviously our first opportunity to see if that's how he's going to going to go about things will be this weekend we play Ross County on Saturday um, 3 o'clock kickoff. we're away in Dingwall um, you've, you're going to be treated to the reaction of uh, me and Samani afterwards which I'm sure will be enthralling as ever Samani um, but you're a bit sarcastic there Louis come on ah, I know I, I know a sell mate come on it's just because you know the last one we've had a bit of, they've not been the best games have they we weren't doing too well there, so hopefully this one's going to kind of buck the trend and we'll have something to get a bit more passionate about. But You're usually really great at selling, because uh, I've been looking at that Go Fresh that you've been plugging in, alas. Uh, you know, Hello. Martin, I, I can get you a discount code, my friend. Uh-huh. I, I, and the, the Aeropress that Samani was trying to pop onto all of us as well, yeah. So uh, the the, the Monty Dons of podcasting. These are unendorsed. These are just personal views. Martin, I have not received compensation yet for any of these uh, these uh, product plugs. Uh, yeah, we we were we were plugging um, we were plugging a couple of um, well promoting a couple of products and services um, on Alas Somani McCaffrey. Um, if you've if you've not subscribed to either the Patreon or the the subscriptions service that the Cynic uh, have set up now directly. Um, you might not have heard me and Samani's show. It's the greatest show. Um, I'll ask Samani McCaffrey every month. We record it and we talk, obviously, about Celtic football and, and types of coffee machines and, and food delivery services. Um, it's, right, yeah, we, it's right at home on a football podcast. you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't rest until we've got a 90 minute or 90 minutes. I think it's not called that anymore. The Cynic discount code on, on HelloFresh. That's what I'm aiming for. I mean, I I didn't get paid for it, but you know, for a billion pounds, you know, I, I obviously would plug any product anybody wants me to, like Monty Dunn. Fantastic. Are you are you are you thinking about getting one, Martin? Oh, not at all. No, I was just looking to wind you up. All right. What about an Aeropress? Anybody getting an Aeropress? Nope. Nope. Brilliant. <laughs> Moving on. Um, let's 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 just leave. Yeah, East Coastals, man. Um, so Ross County at the weekend do you expect Duffy to start and do we go 3-5-2 I think yeah I think he's I've seen a few people um, sort of Twitter and um, on the forums saying that he looks rusty but the fact that he's played I think he played both I think he played 90 minutes both games so if he's able to do that for his country um, I think get him in um, the fact that it's a back three as I said let let the other two um, do the do the running, and um, yeah, put them back. The only the only sort of question position is who do we play on? The, do we play left wing back? Do we continue with Taylor? Or I know at the end of the Motherwell game we kind of had Forrest on the left and Trimpong on the right, so that's the only sort of questionable um, touch. With it, there's no injuries, but 
Um, See yeah. the way Frimpong played in that last game. You need to play him, and that, that, that's the thing, though. What do you do with Forrest? Because I know that I know we, a lot of people would probably be quite happy if if Forrest dropped out. He's just he's very patchy, I know, but Lennon will not drop him. He's such a stickler for for Forrest, but surely Frimpong's got to play. I'm not sure they'll go three five two yet because um, I I know that Duffy's played two internationals, but he hasn't played any other competitive games this season so far. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if he goes for the kind of tried and tested at four at the back. For, um, I'm trying to remember whether Ross County is quite a, a wide pitch or not. I think it is quite big actually. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to stretch the game out and, and get proper wingers on either side. Um, but yeah, Frimpong absolutely needs to play. So, man, but you want to chip in? It's a podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about the delicious, rich cup of coffee I'm going to make after that. <laughs> um, no, Frimpong for me uh, has to go into that team. Now, El Hamid hasn't particularly done anything wrong, maybe barring the mistake against Ferenc Faros. But there's. El Hamid's a guy who's steady. He's quite good going forward. Well, maybe a bit better than quite good. He's solid defensively and he's he's never really let us down, generally speaking. But Frimpong is, is a talent, a next-level talent. Now, when you see him in full flow and you compare him, and again, I think there's been some criticism of the cynic and their criticism uh, of um, Greg Taylor. So I'm, I'm just going to make the comparison once and then leave it at that. When you see... Frimpong busting into the box and taking a man off and then even lifting his head up and looking to bring the ball back. It just, the juxtaposition between the two fullbacks is unbelievable. Um, and the injection, I've said that, this must be a third podcast, I've said it. See that Ferenc Faros game, that team must have been, you know, thanking the lucky stars that they only seen 20 minutes of them because that injection of pace, the way he was driving us forward, the way he was, you know, just destroying uh, the fullback. It was absolutely unbelievable. And I think sometimes it's, it's easy to forget he's a young guy um, and that, you know, he's still got lots to learn and he'll continue to develop. But see just the raw potential and ability he's got, I think you need to find a place for it just now because I think he, he, he definitely drives us forward, especially in games away from home. Uh, I think um, teams will sit in against us, but he should find a bit more space in Dingwall than he would. Um, so for me, he goes straight into that team. Hopefully, it'll be the first time that we get to see uh, Eddie and Ajeti playing together. Um, hopefully, because I think I said Ajeti there, Ayeti, I don't know how I'm pronouncing Ayeti, I think. Ayeti played, obviously, the international game the other day. So, you know, hopefully, he's getting closer. I'm sick of hearing this, he's no fit yet. It's doing my nut. And see this once he gets to full fitness, once he gets to. Fuck's sake. He's training every day, surely, Barry. Yeah, exactly. If we, um, if we were out running every day, we'd be getting fatter, wouldn't we? Definitely. Um, I think you mentioned earlier, Louis, about the international break coming at the right time. Um, I think in terms of um, getting players games, like Sadafi getting two games, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, um, it should have them that wee bit sharper um, and ready to go. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, touch wood, no injuries uh, of note and a couple of days training and then we, we kind of start the season for real because it's kind of been stop-start, 
for the ball and goalie stuff. This ridiculous international break. So I think now's the time to start to build up a bit of momentum and start battering teams. I want to see fours and fives again. Um, we need to mention as well, Eddie's got his 440 millionth goal for the French under-21s. Him being injured and then coming back, I think he came off early in, in the last game, um, but it's good to see him getting back into it. So as much as I was a bit concerned about him going there because he had an injury, hopefully that's maybe kind of brought him up to speed, ticked him over a bit, because as much as we need a jetty to get match fitness and sharpness going forward, we want Eddie to hit the ground running as well. So the wee minutes in the legs won't do them any harm at this point in the season, and hopefully I'm the same as you, Louis. I, 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 I'm just desperate to see the two of them together. Really am. Yeah. And um, the Ross County game of the weekend is going to be a bit of a funny one. A um, couple of reasons. One, there's going to be fans in. So a maximum of 300 fans, um, Ross County fans, obviously it's not going to be open to away support. Um, bit of a bit of a strange one is obviously it's the pilot kind of test scenario. Um, you have to keep your mask on, obviously social distance in the stand. Um kind of chanting, singing, shouting is all discouraged. You have to keep that pretty much carried out. Um, I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like, but, you know, it's positive to see fans getting back in the grounds again and, and it's got to start like this. You know, you just got to hope. I mean, obviously, the current climate, the now cases are going up and up and, and sadly today, you know, I think there was three deaths in Scotland today, which is terrible news, but... Um, you know, we just don't know when more fans are going to get in and how regular it's going to be. But it's positive, at least that it's going to happen this weekend um, for a couple of test events. Um, if obviously, if you we're all Celtic fans, so we obviously can't go to the game because it's only for the for the home fans. But you can watch the game via Ross County's. Uh, listen, I don't actually very doubt it's better than Celtic. TV, so I don't think it. I think it'll be able to handle everything. But you can pay what was it, fifteen pounds to to stream the game and watch it. Um, I won't be because I'm no paying fifteen quid. Um, I'm being tight and keep my money for other things this week. But um, yeah, is anybody planning on tuning in? So Manny, we've got fire sticks and you've hooked hooked us up, so we'll be fine. I was I was going to do it, but if I maybe speak to some Manny after we're finished, and the fifteen pound might be going his way. Well, can I just state, um, Louis, that allegedly, everything about me is is totally legitimate when it comes to my televisual viewing, and I would hope that you are paying the fifteen pounds unless you're going to react to the Clyde One commentary uh, on the game on Saturday. However, I do believe that people who are, uh, you know, closer to the wrong side of the law may find other ways to watch the game uh, on Saturday. And Barry, I can tell you, uh, someday that might be able to do that for you. Okay. If, and if, if it doesn't work, I'll, I'll just come over for that sort of social distance um, party that we mentioned in the last Sabani McCaffrey. So bring the cargo up. Bring the cargo. Martin, you paying the paying the dough? Uh, I think I'll struggle to because I've got two wee ones. Uh, I, I, I kind of I managed to get by with the, the Celtic games at three o'clock on a Saturday, but the away games I, I think I might toil. But um, in principle, I'm I'm kind of supportive of the idea where I think just across Scottish football in general, we should all do our bit to try and help support teams and and. Celtic and Rangers, are, you know, do contribute a lot of money to other clubs in Scotland. So I've 
no real problem with Ross County trying to make a little bit of cash out of this just to, to help him out a little bit. So um, £15 feels a little bit steep, but it's, do you know what? I don't think it's too bad. Um, the the Ross so we've got the Ross County game away on Saturday and then we've got the St Mern game away on Wednesday so that's you know that's two in a row for for me and Salmani on on the away reaction and if Chris Gallagher wants us to have actually watched the game he can send the money over not a bother at all. Um, the game isn't on Sky either, is it? You need to, you need to buy it for some No, money. you need to pay for that as well. I think I think in total because I think their pricing's a wee bit different so I think in total it's like. Twenty-seven fifty or something. I saw somebody saying. So, yeah, I think it's going to. I think this yeah. should be the, the, the cynic expenses account. Uh, it's not coming out of my coffers, so man. I tell you that. A couple of cans of dark fruits and uh, a, a pay-per-view subscription. I suppose the only thing worth mentioning is. I mean, I don't imagine the quality will be any less than Celtic TV or any better. It's just obviously they'll have signed up to a subscription with a, a, a streaming provider with a traffic, an amount of traffic, streaming traffic in mind. And if a lot of Celtic fans pile on that and pay the 15 quid, that might cause problems. That's the only thing that, that may happen on Saturday, which would probably upset some of the Ross County fans if Celtic fans crashed it. Um, but it remains to be seen. I don't know. It's got, it's got three massive things going for it. Jerry McCall won't be there. Gordon Strachan won't be there. And John Hartson won't be there. So, you know, I'm already happy to be involved two, two Scotland performance sorry Barry two Scotland performance oh, fuck. John Hartson is there shit <laughs> two Scotland performances seem to have redeemed Gordon Strachan in the minds and eyes of a lot of people that's how bad Steve Clark's Scotland were so I'll just leave it at that well, aye, we'll, de- we'll definitely not be getting into Scotland what I wanted to talk about we're, we're going to obviously because this week we've not had any Celtic games um, to, to kind of um, go over from the weekend. We're going to get on to a discussion about um, life after the 10th season, whether we win it or not. Um, but just before we do that, before we come to that, obviously get out of the Champions League was a, was a bitter blow for everyone. Um, two things, have you got over it in terms of I personally was obviously very angry after it and I wanted Lennon out and I wanted you know a lot of them I wanted a lot of things happening. I was willing to go to Celtic Park and protest, to be honest with you. So um, I've kind of calmed down a wee bit. I would, you know, I'm not calling for Lennon to be sacked right now, but I'm very, very nervous. And I think if one more really bad result in a big game, I think, you know, it could be curtains for him. Um, have you calmed down? And secondly, how much do you care about the Europa League? It's... I know that it's still, in terms of our quality and, and competition-wise, it is it is the European competition for us. We can't compete in the Champions League. And getting in there, I think a lot of the time is about the financial reward and being able to attract players. But from a competition point of view, we're not going to be able to get to the latter stages of it. The Europa League's maybe different. We should be aspiring to get to the latter stages of it. We should be trying to get as far as we can in it. But in this season, after the disappointment of crashing out of the Champions League again, do you care? Do you, do, I mean, how much emphasis are you putting on the Europa League compared to the league season this, this year? I think for me, um, for your first question... Um, I, I'm still hurting from it. Um, that was one of the sort of 
I took that one particularly badly. I know we've all had sort of European um, defeats in the past, but that one felt particularly bad. Um, and I have softened slightly, but also mindful of the fact that Celtic fans doing that is part of the reason why I think we continue to do that because we go on a run maybe a five or six domestic uh, wins, swatting teams aside and then we think it's all rosy again and then it comes to the next summer and then it happens again. So yes, um, it has softened, but I'm still I'm still with you. Lee. I think I think Lennon's Lennon's time's up at the end of this season. As regards the with regards to the Europa League I think we need it um, just purely uh, to keep players. Um, I think I think we're about to go out of Europa, not in the next week, but the following week, I think the game is. I think we're about to go out of that. You would see, it would definitely spell the end for Eddie. Um, Iron and Cham, I think, might still be gone regardless of what happens. Um, and I just think just to keep us ticking over um, and to just to get the players' experience because... It often goes that if you have a good uh, Europa League campaign, it doesn't happen this season, but it kind of sets the players up for um, for Champions League qualification and if we ever do get into it again. But yeah, I think it's still important. It's not ideal having to play Thursday, Sunday, but for keeping players and attracting players, yeah, I think it's it's right up there as, alongside the league as a second most important uh, sort of target for this season. I was annoyed by it and and we can touch on this later on, but I thought the whole way in which we went out is symptomatic of a club that's not learning its lessons from previous experience. So we failed to prepare last January. We effectively put all our eggs in one basket and hoping that Eddie would be fit. Uh, and, you know, if you lose a... As soon as he dropped out of the team, not having a striker who was ready to go... And I know we had Klamala, you know, for six months, but we've clearly failed to get him prepared to to play in a in a big game. Um, I felt, and you know, I'm one of, I think everybody knows, like Lee Griffiths is sort of my favourite player, and I'll continue to back him. But I felt really let down by him just on the back of that, and that if we really needed him to be, uh, you know, a 24 hour athlete, and and preparing himself and being ready to step in and lead the line there. And if you look at, you know, some of the opportunities we created, it was crying out for a Griffiths to, to stick the ball in the back of the net. Um, and also I feel like Lennon hadn't learned lessons as well from previous European campaigns. He overthought it. He made tactical decisions and, and positional decisions that just on face value made no sense at all. And then in practice didn't work out either. So, my frustration was that we've seen all this before and we haven't learned our lesson. Um, and so I can take it going out to a team that's played better than us. I can take it if we're unlucky. I don't think that's the case in either the... I don't think it's the case with, with either of those. I think we, we failed to prepare. We didn't learn our lessons. Um, you know, we got what we deserve in the end and it's really frustrating. So... You know, I'm, I'm sure we can touch on how we can hopefully do better in the future just uh, later on. So, Manny? Sorry, I'm just thinking about the rich, delicious. No, sorry, I'm not going to plug in uh, the, the coffee again. Um, 
I just want to see in the point that you you know obviously we we're talking about. I just want to. You mentioned Griffiths there, and that's somebody who I I, I kind of want to um, kind of speak about again. I, I was thinking about this earlier on. People have completely forgotten about Griffiths and completely written them off. Does anybody? I mean, Martin. I know you say you're going to back him up no matter what, but does anybody see any sort of future to him at Celtic? Now we're talking about two up top, right? And we're looking forward to seeing Eddie and Ajeti playing together. Um, but Griffiths and Eddie, some of our form at the turn of the year was really, really good when they were playing. But are we just essentially writing Griffiths off now? Is it, I just wonder what other people's thoughts are on that. Absolutely. I, well, I am. I mean, uh, it, the fact is, right, Edward obviously takes number one spot. Now, we're changing formation partly to get someone up to partner him because we've bought We've bought um, Ayeti in, so Ayeti's surely got to play as well. I think even even a fully fit Griffiths, he doesn't get in ahead of them too because I think they two have to play, and and that might sound harsh on, on Griffiths, but I think you, I think you would have to say that Ayeti is of a higher level of it's got a higher ceiling than what Griffiths probably has. Now don't get me wrong, I think I think Griffiths and he's proved it time and time again that he is he's a superb finisher when he wants to be. But we need to be able to rely on him and I and I think Lennon and the club have had their fingers burnt too many times with him now. And he, he's he's losing all the goodwill that he had. And, it, and it's got nothing to do with his struggles uh, with mental health and things like that. Those are those are there, and, and I'm sure that the club, and I hope that the club has done everything they can to help him and continue to do so. But purely from a footballing point of view, I think he's let them down. I think he's let the people at the club down. And he's let us down as well, let's face it. Um, so for me, Griffiths is finished. I would, I would agree with that, Lou. I think... I'd actually kind of completely forgot all about him until I think it was a picture that Tam put up yesterday and Griffiths was in the background. I think the way Celtic will be looking at it is that they've obviously the front two are going to be Ayeti and Edward. Um, Clamala is going to get game time. And I think if you can get anything this season from Griffiths, if it's coming off the bench to score a goal or two or three goals, I think it's a bonus. Um, I think... I think his days are over, um, and I think the sort of Celtic management team will be thinking if he gets himself fit, we'll use him when we can, maybe League Cup games or whatever. And he might play himself back into it, but I think that's it's highly unlikely for me. And I know, I know we've written him off before, um, and he's come back, and I think we'd all be delighted if he proved us wrong again. But I just think the way that we've kind of gone with our sort of transfer strategy this summer they're still talking that we might be looking at another striker, uh, I know Gal saying there that Moy played as a, as a part of a two for Norway um, last night, so I just think yeah, I think it'll be used sparingly if, if at all I know I kind of took us off at a tangent there, but it's just when you'd mentioned them, I, I wanted to bring them up I I'm Similar to Scott Brown, I'm loath to write like right the right Lee Griffiths off because the guy has been written off so many times before and still seems to come back. I, I, I'm, I think he's going to be assuming Eddie stays and we've got a Yeti. Is he going to be first choice in, in a front two? Absolutely not. 
do I think he's still got something to offer and he could he could make difference in games for us this season? I do. There's something about Griffiths and his character, flawed as it is, that still makes me think that you know there's a chance for him to be there. And I'm all aboard the Martin Friuli Griffiths fan club here. I think we might be the only two that are still on it. Um, but yeah, I think he might still he might still have something to offer this season. Um, Again, I've just I know we drifted off in there, but I just wanted to jump on it when I heard you talk. Well, well j- j- just to finish off, I, I don't think we can afford to write him off because Ferenc Faros is a prime example where we needed a striker and we didn't have anybody fit. So Cel- Celtic, um, you know, shouldn't write off Lee Griffiths, but equally Lee Griffiths shouldn't write himself off either. And I think that's the first thing that needs to be addressed. I think he needs to appreciate that he can still be a, a valuable member of the squad. And, you know, I'm I'm not a professional footballer, so I'm not going to tell somebody to knuckle down and get on with it. But I really hope, as somebody who, you know, absolutely loves watching him play, I, I really hope that he is able to find a way to get himself back in a position where, um, you know, the club trusts him to, to keep him in mind. Because I, I don't doubt later in the season we'll have a similar position where either a Yeti or... Edward just isn't available and we're going to need somebody else to step in there. We're, we're going to move move on now to talk a wee bit about life after the 10th season. I'm saying the 10th season because either way I think change is probably uh, on the horizon at, at our club. Um, we, we did have a comment on Twitter um, at the other Bruni says everyone keeps mentioning a major reset after this season whether we win the league or not with the board's track record and how they feel about Lennon the only way I see a reset happening is if we lose the 10 it'll be the status quo otherwise um, you know there's I hadn't quite thought of that in my mind change is going to come um, it's just who leads the change um, this season or at the end of this season is it players walking out or players kind of demanding moves or is it the board making a conscious change Um we maybe I'd, I'd like to hear people's thoughts maybe on that. Do you is does it depend on the outcome of this season? Personally, I don't think it does. I think it, I think it's going to come anyway. Um, you know what I would like to see um, is as a bit of a reset, as as a as a real substantial change in in the club and how it operates. And I would like to see you know. I, You've you've spoke a lot about the financial side on the biscuit tin, which are, they're always really great podcasts to listen to, really informative. Um, you know, I would like is to freshen things up almost in every department. You know, I, I would like to see Law Law go because I think he's got a stranglehold over the the club, which he's had for a long time. Now, I, I've always been more kind of complimentary of Peter Law and how he's dealt with things. I, I get frustrated at times with how he goes about his business, but I think if you look over the over the piece at, at what he's done for the club, I think he's 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 done as well. And if he delivers the ten, then you know it's all it's going to be an achievement that we'll, we'll never forget and it will be it'll rank right up there with the achievements of the club. And he he's played his part in that. But I would like to see him go at the end of this. I'd like to see someone else come in at board level, I don't know the corporate world and all that sort of thing, but I would just like maybe a wee bit more maybe youth in there, a, a, a team that are a wee bit more vibrant and willing to 
you know, not take risks, but think outside the box a bit more. I think we're very safe. You're giving me the fear a little bit, Louis. I think you want to change too many things. Fucking um, everything, Martin. Everything. I know, but I, and that, that gives me the fear. So I, I agree, Celtic need to change, but I don't like this kind of hard reset or a big bang kind of approach. I would like to see... I'd like to see almost a seamless progression that this time next year we are doing things differently, but it's not just been one big trigger point where everything's happened uh, in the space of a day and we're on this brand new way of doing things because that will easily get picked apart, the first two, kind of three results that don't go our way. I'd rather see something kind of that's more measured in approach. And, And I think the major thing that we need to learn from is over the summer, we have lost some really talented youngsters and they're getting picked off before they even get a sniff of our under-20s or even our, our, our first team. And the reason they're doing that is they're going to clubs that are giving them a more obvious career progression and pathway into the first team. And I think Celtic have continuously failed to find a way of bringing in the, the quality players that produce at youth level and embedding them into the first team. And so I really hope right now the club are doing all that they can to identify the youth players that they want to keep and they want to make first team, make the new Cal McGregor's and James Forrest. They should be planning out right now what is their career pathway, be it getting experience via loan or gradually bringing them into the first team, but making sure those players feel confident enough that when other players move on, we don't immediately panic and start to bring in other guys and take punts. We should have more faith in the players that we produce and start that kind of cycle and it's kind of embryonic once you start building a process where you can build those pathways other players at youth level will see that guy's done it that guy's done it I can do it too and then you actually start to reap the benefit of all your youth system whereas at the moment I think other clubs are kind of reaping what we saw at the moment and it's really frustrating what what do you think about the the, at the boardroom level Martin Uh, like do, do you th- like because obviously you've analysed the, the board and what they've done commercially and things like that? But do you think there's there's scope there for change, or, or would you be quite happy to just see the same the same kind of team continue? A hundred percent think the board need um, refreshed. That I don't think it's reflective enough of the the demographics that support the club. I, I think we're we've only got uh, one female on the board, and if you look at the age demographic, they, they they do all kind of sit in that kind of. 50 to 65 category. So I think a lot of work needs to be done there to, to kind of freshen that up and make sure that we are doing a, a better representation of our fan base. Um, but I, I think Lowell will naturally move away, but I would not do it at the end of this season. I, I think there's too many changes going on and to throw in changing the guy at the top as well, I, I think it would make more sense to say he will see us through whatever this transition will be and then move on. And so it feels like whilst many other plates are spinning or, or trying to get them spun, we've still got somebody that, that can keep that level of continuity. And then once we're confident that, say, our youth department is fully functioning or we've got a good head coach in play or, or we're satisfied that the club's moving in the right direction in terms of Europe, then that would be the kind of natural progression to think about somebody else. I, I think if you as you were putting it, changing Lennon, changing Lowell, losing significant first-team players all next season, 
that just feels like an absolute car crash scenario. Just on a couple of points on what you'd said there, Martin. One, in terms of the board being more representative of the fan base, it would be helpful if some of them, at least a few of them, weren't card-carrying members of the Conservative Party. That would probably go a long way to representing the fan base. I, I, I wasn't sure if I should go there or not, but yes, I totally agree. Um, secondly, I think some of the youth players we've lost, I'm, I'm not sure I agree that it's because they don't see a progression to the first team here. I think they've simply went to clubs whereby even if they don't make the first team, which is likely that they won't, they're going to be mixing in a higher calibre academy with higher calibre players like Man City and Bayern Munich. I mean, as a 16-year-old, if you go there and you're kind of embracing the culture and the tactical setup and everything like that, girls saying they've all got the same agent, um, if you're going there and you're going abroad or to an academy like Man City's, which has produced a lot of good young players, even if they've not played there, I think that's the attraction more than the thought that they might not get first team um, football here. Although I do take your point, we don't bring through uh, enough players. Um, and lastly, I would tend to agree that a, a total hard reset where you go back to factory default settings is probably a recipe for disaster. I think our hand might be forced though in terms of see some of the big players we've got, even the Scottish homegrown ones like McGregor and Forrest. See if we win the 10 or we don't win the 10. I think the outlook and the landscape changes. And a guy like McGregor, for instance, he's probably the best example. Nobody's really talking about McGregor going. But after next season, it's it's the perfect time. The fan base won't give him hard time. They won't give him dogs abuse like they've done for some other players. And if he decides then he wants to go to the Premier League and test himself, I think... One, we would understand it, and two, it's the best possible time for him. And I think Forrest, a few other players, Eddie, you know, we're talking about him going, I think there's a lot of players that would fit into that category. Now, it's one thing saying, you know, some of them players might be told, no, you can't leave this season because we're going to lose too many players because I don't think we've probably done the forward planning enough with some of the youth players. But some of them might just go, no, I've done my bit, I'm going. So we might be forced into a position, whether we like it or not, next season, where we need to do something a bit more radical than you normally would, simply because of the whole ten in a row situation. I think just a couple of points on what you've all said. Um, I think it was you know, I did a that sort of Celtic festival um, a year past the summer, and someone asked Law about the sort of Ajax model, um, sort of selling players on, but then spending spending more money to improve the quality. And Law said he'd love to do that, but because of the pressure of 10 in a row, uh, the Celtic fans wouldn't accept a sort of dip in quality. But that sort of says in my mind that they are sort of thinking, get the 10 done and then we can look at things. But Would you accept it, Barry? I think I think I heard you say, Louis, on one of the other pods about, see if they made that clear to the fans. Um, I totally agree with that. Have they said this is a new strategy? of We've kind of, the thing that makes me think that it might not be as such a hard reset as we're thinking is that we've given we've spent what five million um, on Ayeti, um, more again on Barkas, and these are guys that are all on sort of four and four and five year deals. So I think we're still going to we're still going to try and find gems where we can, but I think the first team might be made up of. The best sort of Scottish talent we can get through bringing through our own, and then the sort of the thing that Nick Cameron seems to be doing is trying to cherry pick 
the best players from academies in England. And as you said earlier the other day, I think if they made if they laid this out a sort of a blueprint or a green print, if you will, of this is our target for the next three seasons. We want so many homegrown players in the first team. We want to um, revamp our scouting and analytics departments. Um, we might even use some of the sort of transfer budget to revamp the scouting so that we are represented in all the sort of major countries across the world, even regions like South America, etc. I, I personally would love to see that. And I think I think as long as it was all planned out and laid out to us, um, granted that it has to be on the back of one in the ten, I don't see many people who would who would sort of grumble that. The only thing, though, that if you are going to do that, I think you have to reduce the season ticket prices. I think there has to be goodwill. If we win 10 in a row and we've all paid the bones of £600, um, and if there is going to be a sort of scaling back of spending, then it has to be reflected in season ticket prices for me. Yeah, I, th- I think that that point that... That I made was, you know, that that's one thing that really bugs me about Celtic is the fact that the communication with the fans is so poor. Like we're hardly really ever told what what's actually happening. I think maybe once a season, Lowell sits down and has a has a kind of video interview, um, where you can kind of get him on record saying things. But he very rarely really puts forward a vision of the club and and where it's going. It's they're a PLC, so a lot of that kind of stuff his hands are tied. He's got to be very careful what information he releases. There's like rules and regulations behind it. See, see the likes. Of, see, um, this was brought up in a, another podcast. I'm trying to remember. Gal would be able to tell me what one. I'm sure Christian was was um, hosting it. Um, Monchi at Sevilla, and he had the videos over lockdown talking about um, kind of how the recruitment happens and all that. It was the Transfer Committee podcast we're talking about it. Um, w- would we be allowed to do that? I mean, would Nick Hammond, if he's the kind of closest thing we've got in our equivalent, would he be able to come and talk about tra- like kind of strategy in terms of attracting players and player development and all that sort of thing? I, I think so. It's just um, when it gets to board level and if you're a member of the board, um, there's a kind of expectation that um, as a, a member of a board, you say is effectively a direct is effectively the club speaking. So you just have to be extra careful if you're a director of a company that's publicly listed what information you you put out there. So um, I, I agree that wherever possible, fans should be as informed as they can. But I think you'll struggle to find any company to tell you what their strategy is publicly. I think everybody likes to keep that card close to the chest because if it doesn't work out. You know they, they don't want to be called up on it, so we'd love to to find out more, but you're, you're not going to get. It. In in terms of the manager, we're, we're kind of running out of time, and this is a this is a wider d- discussion that we can you can we can put a lot more detail into. Um, maybe probably can in the postseason, but um, manager wise, I mean, there's been discussion obviously off of the back of the Fern Schwarz game, you know. Quite a few of us wanted Lennon out. Would you, you know, can you see that happening? Can you see Lennon staying? Would you like to see John Kennedy come in and take over? Personally, I think if, if Kennedy's ever going to get it, it's going to be after this season because I think it would be the most perfect time for him. And I would be happy with that. I would be happy to give him a go as, if it 
kind of plays into a, an overall ch- change in strategy, maybe with more of a focus on youth players. But the key goal I want is for us to progress in Europe. And and I don't quite know how we do it in, in terms of the overall picture because we've got to, obviously, domestically, domestic football has to come first as well. So it's not at the detriment of that, but we've got to improve our standing in Europe. And I know it's kind of counterintuitive to then throw in a rookie manager, but if it was me, I would. we hear so much about him and how good he is. I would put him in. I, I personally would quite like us to, and we never seem to do this, I would quite like us to sort of court people to sort of apply for our job. I know what you're saying about Kennedy and he probably deserves it, but we never really see what's out there. I think Lennon's, uh, when Lennon got the job uh, in the shower after the cup final, Lowell kind of mentioned that they had loads of people interested and they just put them in a file and put them and locked them away because they were so sure they were going to give it to Lennon. I think after 10 in a row, the club would be in a really good position to sort of see who's out there and maybe even interview some of them because it always seems to be that we already know who the next manager is going to be. Um, it's Dermot Desmond offered striking the job after O'Neill on the golf course and stuff like that. And then, as I said, he gave Lennon the job uh, in the shower. So I think if we want to be a progressive club um, with an overhaul of scouting and coaching youngsters through, I would see what's out there and invite people to apply. And then if the way it all up and it is Kennedy, then so be it. But why limit yourself is what I'm going to say. There you go, man. Chat forward. So. <laughs> I think it comes down to what model Celtic want to take forward. So if it's going to be like Hammond, like a, a director of football, and then you're going to have a guy who's pretty much your first team coach leading it, then um, I think it makes sense to either have Kennedy or, or as Barry says, have some kind of um, you know recruitment process. Um, but if it's but if Celtic decide they want to change their strategy again uh, and then bring in somebody who wants to have more of a say on the overall structure of the club, that just takes you down a completely different route as well. So um, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks Kennedy has been... He, he's part of the management team just now and they, they don't appear to be learning from some of their major mistakes. So I, I don't know if that's to be marked against Kennedy or not. And it you should probably give him a chance to fail him by himself rather than just um, be based on Lennon's decisions. But um, I don't know. Jury's out for me. I, I mean, certainly, unless there's something catastrophic that happens this season, I think I can, we can see Lennon certainly till the end of this season anyway. For me, I think Lennon's here for the season. I've already said that I, would, I wouldn't I would want him to be here at the start of next season. There's a number of reasons for that, but mostly just because for the reasons we're talking about changing the direction and whatever and plus I, I think we could do better tactically for me Lennon seems to be a passionate manager he's driven by emotion now um, that's been a charge that's played at his door a lot of the time that he's maybe not as tactically uh, astute as he, as he should be I would have no issue if they gave the job to Kennedy. It sounds like the easy option. People have talked kind of really, really kind of um, glowingly about him and, and about his approach to the game and things like that. I would have no problem with that uh, if he took over at the end of the season. 
based on the fact that we win the league this season um, and the overall desire to do something different. Now, the pressure's then off. I mean, as much as Celtic are never going to come out and Celtic fans are not going to say, I would be happy to lose the league. We're, we're, we're not going to do that. And again, if it didn't work, I imagine we would be talking about very quickly as a wide support how much of a disaster it was. But genuinely speaking, if you if you put that option to me, Lennon goes at the end of the season. We've won the 10. He's a hero. It's best time for him to go. And you said to me, John Kennedy's the guy that's going to drive forward um, Celtic, be that way a new strategy or otherwise. I would, I would personally at this moment be comfortable with that to give it a go. Um, because as I've said in other podcasts, my worry is that we continue doing the same thing so, solely to keep just winning the league for bragging rights in Scotland. For me, I think we need to do something a wee bit more outside of the box. And Kennedy, based on what we know of him and what we've heard about him, might be the ideal guy to drive that forward. So if that was putting the play on, on the table, I, I wouldn't be against it personally. Again, it's something. It's something that will definitely. It's an interesting discussion, and we'll get we'll get more into it. Um, maybe as the season goes on, if we've got time, or if not, at the end of the season. But our time is up for for this evening, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we've got the the games again, as we say, on Saturday against Ross County, three o'clock kick off away in Dingwall, and then we have the game on Wednesday against St Murn. Myself and Somani will be on the reaction pod for for both of them. If you've signed up to the the Cynic directly. Um, Somani, uh, the the C hat is is a winner for me, even if I didn't know the team. Thank you. Uh, it might make our appearance on Saturday, so look out for it, Lou. Pleasure as always. Martin, I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't turn round because I can see you on Zoom and, and just do that with your, with your thumbs for Hamid on the back of your top. But, you know, podcasting-wise, superb. No, it was great. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, and Barry, I love you, man. Yes, love you too, mate. Um, God bless and almost to the 10. God bless. We've been the Cynic Weekly and we will speak to you down the road. Mm-hmm.